Welcome to the GAIN Service Academy Admission Podcast. In these episodes, we will explore all things related to gaining a coveted appointment to the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and West Point. And here are your hosts, Rob Kirkland and Trish Penroth. All right. Well, welcome back to the uh, GAIN Service Academy Admission Podcast. We got the dynamic duo back here after uh, maybe a little bit of um, of a sabbatical, but you know we were we've been working with a lot of candidates uh, over the past uh, six months or so. So uh, you know we've been kind of busy, and but you know we'll try our best to get out uh, some more podcasts here in the future, and to you know uh, keep keep up the good uh, the good content. Really appreciate um, all the positive. Uh, comments we get from uh, people, uh, you know, regarding the content, uh, regarding, you know, kind of the value that we're uh, providing. And certainly, uh, please, if you if you like what you're hearing in this podcast, please uh, rate us and make a comment on the uh, platform that you're listening to, either, you know, Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever, whatever it is. And, you know, so that any sort of uh, comments and encouragement, uh, you know, uh, Gives us motivation to continue uh, posting these uh, these podcasts and putting out uh, great information. There's, of course, there's always our website at gainserviceacademyadmission.com uh, that uh, you know for uh, updates on blog posts and other uh, information. So, so it's been busy uh, six months for us, and we're about winding up the 2021-2022 campaign. Uh, well, pretty much it's done at this point. We're at we're <laughs> at May April twenty first now. There might be some you know people at the end that may get some last minute, but we pretty much are concluded now. And and so Trisha and I just thought today we would just kind of riff on some um, lessons learned uh, because each year we do this, we learn you know or we get things reinforced that we already know, uh, and and just you know it becomes. Uh, clear to us again this the importance of these things and then sometimes there's new things that you know that come up that surprise us so you know even doing this you know the years that we've been doing this it it uh there's things that surprise so a lot trish, of good trends I, yeah yeah a lot of good trends from yeah, the so, class of 2026 yeah absolutely so trish how you doing and did i was I'm that doing a, great was that a good intro <laughs> yeah it was it was a great intro and you know if you guys have if you're listening and you have burning questions we love your questions. Please send us an email at info at gainserviceacademyadmission.com. And maybe, you know, we'll do a topic. Maybe we'll do a podcast on, on your question. And so please yeah. feel free. Yeah. So that's my email. So let's also put in Trish at <laughs> gainserviceacademyadmission.com. So if you want to get Trish instead of me, you can, you can, you can, you can email her too. That's right. Please do. I'm Email the, us both. I'm the info guy and she's the Trish Trish lady. So all right. <laughs> so good. No, but I'm love to answer your uh, questions. And then, you know, we've got the 30 minute um, you know, sign up where you can, you know, go on our website under get help. And our first step of our process is the 30 minute call. So that's free. And so encourage you to um, you know, check that out too if you want a little more um you know, time to spend to pick our brain or to learn kind of what your what's going on in your life and and you know what your goals are for the service academy. So there's always there's always that too. Yeah, absolutely. Love would love to talk to you guys about 
about uh, just clarifying the process a little bit. It, it can be so confusing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we're, we're here to help you guys and, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, that, that, uh, you know, you understand it as, as best as possible. So, so I've got a bunch of, um, of, uh, uh, points here today that I wanted to cover. And I really just kind of jotted them down, you know, last night uh, about, about it. I know you're going to add a few things here, but I, I just thought we would maybe talk about five or six different uh, points here and kind of just uh, talk about some of the lessons that we learned. And we won't, uh, you know, talk in big specifics about each candidate, but we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of the importance of some of these. So I thought the first one, Trish, we might talk about uh, would be, I put down as location, location, location. And, and so <laughs> what, do, what do I, what do I mean that, by that? And what, what do you think? Uh, and how is that shown for us this, uh, this cycle? I really don't think that, that you can highlight the importance of location as you know, there's, it's impossible to overly, underly high, highlight it. It's so important. And what, what you mean by that is the fact that when people think about applying to the service academies, they just, it's this mystical process. And really, it really all comes down to your congressional district and what mm -hmm. congressional district you're in and how many people from your congressional district are applying uh, if, if you live in a very competitive district or not. And so if you live in a state where there are just tons of applicants and your district is very competitive, it's going to be a lot harder for you. Whereas if you live in a district where there's only a handful of applicants, then your chances are a lot better. And that's something that nobody really talks about and, and nobody thinks about when they're applying to a service academy. Yep. Yeah. And they don't really know um, their data, obviously. Uh, so, you know, you have typical districts of death, as I like to refer to them as like uh, the districts of death around the Washington, D.C. area or a district of death in a conservative pro-military area that's of high per capita. So what you have is you have a lot of applicants, but a lot of high quality applicants. And that's really kind of the districts of death uh, is the one where yeah. remember that each con each member of Congress can only send one to the service academy each. So mm -hmm. if you're in a district of death, uh, you can be a top candidate uh, with, you know, all the things that you would certainly expect to get in and you don't have a chance of, of get of, of becoming the 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 number one person for that member of Congress. And it's so interesting because this is one of the biggest misconceptions about the process is if you get a nomination, you're golden, which is just not, not the case. Because remember, you know, we have an entire podcast just talking about congressional noms, so, so you can go check that out. But just as kind of a recap, uh, each member of Congress can send up to 10 names per one vacancy that they have. So you you could potentially be competing against nine other candidates for that one slot. Right. And just because you don't get that top slot doesn't mean you're not going to receive an appointment, just becomes a little bit more difficult. Right, exactly. So so we take a look and you know, we have we work with a candidate working with candidates. So we worked with candidate from the outs from the Chicago area and they uh, and it doesn't look like they're going to get in, even though they were, um, you know, good candidates. So those are a couple candidates that I was um, uh, working with that, you know, were solid candidates that just 
what happened was they they were in a tough district and there was somebody probably at the top that was uh, really, really good in the, in a high per capita district, highly competitive outside of Chicago. So that's just one example of, of a candidate that missed it uh, because of being in a tough district. Now, let's contrast this, uh, Trish, with maybe uh, one that well, we both work with candidates, but one that you worked with that that would be like a contrast to that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one example is in a rural area, you know, I worked with a candidate who it, it was competitive, but this this candidate had high enough um, SAT, ACT scores where they were able to compensate for kind of a, you know a lack in some other of the, the the qualities with their interview, they went into the congressional interview and they performed very well. Right. So they were made um, one of the uh, principal nominees. Right. Now this was a district that had a not a competitive nomination slate, but a principal with numbered alternates or principal with competitive slate. So this was a candidate who was competing, and the congressman was principal. Right. Yeah, so the congressman oh, was yeah. essentially ranking the nominations instead of, you know, sending sending all the names to the the service academy and letting the service academy admissions team decide. Yeah, and this has been borne out. I think uh, the competitiveness has been just borne out time and time again. Uh, and you know, it's when we advise candidates. I mean, and we're getting, you know, we're obviously, you know, working with candidates here in this next uh, cycle. But you know, that's one of the big things that we do up front is we do that, you know, kind of congressional analysis uh, for them and to try to, you know, we got to give them an idea of what they're looking at. Uh, I think yeah, it's just so it, crucial. It helps you prioritize mm-hmm. what what you need to work on, because if you live in a district where uh, it is a principal congressional district and they do rank students, if you can land that top slot or that second to top slot, then the interview is that much more important. And whereas if you're in more of a competitive district, focus more on your SAT, ACT scores. Right. Yeah. And then if they're in, you're in a competitive district and you know you can't count on being the top person in the district, it's getting into that top 150 as a qualified alternate and and try and raising your SAT scores up over 1400 uh, or a 32 ACT. Uh, a composite with a with an emphasis on math in order to take it out of the hands of the um, of the uh, of the being in the congressional district and 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 uh, and you know doing getting it getting in on your own merits. Yeah, sir. Can you just uh, quickly cover what the the qualified alternate? Sure. Is? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, if you are so uh, Congress put in a law for the service for the big three service academies, Army, Army, Navy, and Air Force. That's that, that they were, they were concerned. What they're concerned about was uh, that uh, top candidates in their district were not guaranteed an appointment uh, to the service academy. So what the, what Congress put a law into place that said that uh, the top 150 candidates that did, do not receive the top uh, a slot in the congressional district are considered independently and the top 150 based on the whole candidate score or the selection composite score or the whole person multiple, how, whichever academy you're talking about, are guaranteed admission to the service academy. And so it's 150 of those 1,200 slots. And so, it, so 
about 60%, uh, well, you, if you combine the uh, uh, rank in class with the SAT, ACT with a, with a higher percent weight given to math than, um, than uh, English, uh, you know, you're, what you're looking at is, you know, if you can raise that SAT score up to a certain level, Usually over fourteen hundred and have and uh, or thirty two ACT and have a solid, uh, uh, you know, performance and you know good rank in class and you know solid you know athlete leader characteristics. You become you punch into that top one hundred and fifty and then you're guaranteed admission. So that's what the qualified alternates are. And so, so let's just throw out a scenario to you. So we have a candidate who has a twelve hundred SAT score. And we do a analysis, and he's in a he or she is in a very competitive district. How how might we how might we handle a candidate like that, Trish? In other words, we're coming at and we've there. It's April, and we've got yeah. they've got till the end of the year to improve it, and they've got a twelve hundred SAT in a very competitive district. And this is common. This is a common candidate that we're working with, but solid across the board. You know, it's got good good athletics, you know, Eagle Scout or, you know, Gold Star doing all the other, you know, varsity sports and things like that. What, what do we tell them or her? Um, <clears throat> I would say, first off, you need to get your SAT scores up. So you need to be testing uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, try both tests too. have they taken the ACT because, you know, some people perform better at each test. Uh, and then, um, you know, if they're in a really competitive district and it is c- competitive in terms of the way that the member of Congress submits the nomination, yep. you know, can they move? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so you've got, you know, particularly with private schools, you know, or homeschooled kids, you know, fall into that, I think fall into that category. So, yeah. you know, you see, um, you know, for example, um, you know, there's districts, there's adjoining districts, very close. Like we had one candidate this past year, um, you know, that was just what had to move like um, two blocks <laughs> or something yes. like that in order yeah. to, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have that flexibility, uh, you know, and you're homeschooled and it, and it, and it makes sense, you know, that's something to, to consider. Yes. You know, so, or, you know, but yeah, raising the scores or, or looking to, you know, do a move, uh, you know, like I, in, in my, in our, in my book, uh, the, you know, gain, gain, um, you know, West Point, uh, admission or Naval Academy, she could get that on our site or on, um, or on, uh, Amazon. Uh, I have an example of a, of a student who lives in, it's interesting because it's the same congressional district. I competed in the 20th New York where they live in right on the border of Vermont and, uh, New York. And, uh, so, the guy, the person who lives in New York has no shot with a 1200 SAT uh, and solid, but right, you know, 10 miles across the border in Vermont, almost guaranteed admission. So, you know, that's, obvi- a difference. that's obviously an extreme case because, you know, there's a number of reasons I give out in my book, why Vermont's a heck of a lot better place to be competing than New York. But, um, you know, Vermont, you know, I say it's two senators, one at large uh, congressman, and it's the lowest population state in the country. Um, you know, so 
hell heck of a lot better chance of getting a appointment out of Vermont than out of New York. And so is it fair? You know, I don't believe so. I don't believe it's a fair system, but mm-hmm. you know, but you got to, what do you say? You got to play on the field you're given. That's right. You know, so. Yeah. And understand the field that you're playing in. Right. And I think there's just, you know, what I sense from a lot of candidates is that they, you know, that there's really no understanding. I mean, I didn't have any understanding when I was going through the process. Uh, yeah, same. And I know you didn't either. And so, you know, you just, you know, 20 years later, you realize, you know, what, you know, happened and and how you got your lucky. appointment. <laughs> lucky. Yeah. It's, a lot of it's just lucky. And then the people who don't get selected, it's like, you know, they don't, they chalk it up to the, you know, well, it's 8% admission to the academy. Mm-hmm. And you just, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've talked about the how false that is, how false that narrative is on the, uh, on, uh, in one of our couple blog in a blog post. I know you did. So yeah, closer to 50. 40 yeah. Cl- to 50%. Yeah. 40, 50%. So yeah. So, um, location, 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 and reach out to us, you know, and we can, uh, we can help you with th- that analysis and, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, kind of give you an idea of kind of where you're at and it can kind of focus your efforts. So, um, so let's see. So I talked about SAT, we already talked about SAT or ACT, uh, test scores and the importance of punching into that top 150, uh, yeah. which is, I think we've kind of beat that, but, um, but I think, you know, again, the importance of the math score, you know, to, you know, the weighting of the math score versus the verbal score, uh, I think is, uh, another thing that, you know, is important to understand because, you know, what we find, what I'm finding with the ROTC and with the service academies is the extraordinary weight they put on the math SAT or the math, uh, I guess the math slash science ACT score. And that's a really good point because a lot of people just think, oh, I just need to get a high SAT ACT score. And they look at their composite without breaking out the individual components. And it, it really is important to if you're even, you know, with your scores, go for math. Yeah. Try and improve your math score. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I oftentimes get, you know, a look of shock from the, um, from parents and candidates. Well, I'm in AP calculus yeah. in 10th grade or 11th grade, or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, shoot, I was, didn't even do AP calculus in high school. I did pre-calc in 12th grade, but, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, they look at that and, and sometimes that can be a disadvantage, you know, particularly if you take your focus off the SAT or ACT and think that, you know, that the academy is going to think that, you know, AP Calc 2 BC is going to get you in when, you know, then you do your SAT and you get a 1200, you know, mm. score and you're completely eliminated, even though you're taking this advanced math. Sometimes it can be a detriment because you're involved in all of this, you know, trying to find the volume of a cylinder when... And you you forget the basics. Yeah, and you forget the algebra and all the other geometry that you were doing in the eighth or ninth grade, you know, if you're doing advanced math. And, you know, you get crushed on the... Not crushed, but you just, you know, don't focus on the things that truly are going to move the needle for the service academies, which is the, you know, SAT or ACT score. Yeah. Yeah, and just pushing, pushing yourself or your student to test... Early and often is the biggest piece of advice that oh, we yeah. give. Yeah, I mean, when we work with candidates, you know, who are freshmen, you know, in high school, um, you know, we, that's the one thing, that's a big thing that we recommend is keep, you know, just keep testing because it's super scored. So keep testing and, and prepare. I mean, there's um, communities, uh, you know, in the U.S. and, you know, uh, groups in the U.S. that, that uh, their kids start preparing for the SAT in sixth grade. Yeah. 
you know, so they know what the what what's at stake here, and they know the importance of this test. And I think we lose sight of that, and um, we can't because I don't see the academies nor ROTC coming off the SAT, ACT as their one of their main determiners. I mean, it is the main determiner. Yeah, it's just the great national equalizer across all the different types of schools and yeah whether we agree or disagree with the with exactly the, with with it it's just the, the service academies are just not coming they're they're not coming off i mean when we had the when we had covid you know last year they they were very hesitant to come come off that that standard even when when kids weren't able to even to take the test so i think you know they're if I think the SAT could probably still stay in existence just due to the academies putting their emphasis on. I think that if the SAT or ACT went away, my guess would be that the service camps would come up with their own test. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's how much yeah. I think they want to standardize. SAT light. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. So it'll yeah. be interesting. But well, I just I came up with a new a new business idea. <laughs> All right. So okay, let's talk about transcripts because we got we got caught. I guess I got caught with my pants down or we know we both did <laughs> yeah, trans- we both did. with transcripts. So what we about, what about transcripts? So, you know, I think as you think about your development, as you grow, you know, you go into high school and you're a freshman, it's, you're going to get a little bit more leeway to get less than stellar, perfect grades as a freshman. And then, you know, as you get older and as you pr- go up to being a junior, that leeway becomes less and less. So your grades, you have to get close to a 4.0. I mean, that the average is at what, a three, basically a three, nine. Um, and it really just, it really does matter. You know, a C when you're a freshman is okay. And you know, a same as a sophomore, but the, the more, the more consistent you are with poor grades, the more questionable, the admissions team is their just their confidence in you to per, to excel at a service academy is going to be doubtful, right? They're going to is this person going to be able to handle the intense curriculum and then live in the twenty four seven military lifestyle while at the same time pursuing uh, physical fitness? And th- that just makes them doubt that that you're going to be capable of of pulling all that off. Right. So over you know making sure that you're doing the bare minimums that you need to do to, to turn in work and things like that. Working with a, a few candidates, you know, it's like, well, what, what happened here? What, what's up with this grade? And it's like, well, you know, I just, I didn't turn in the, the assignments and then I got a zero. Okay. Well, that's just unacceptable and that's not going to fly. Um, that's just not the commitment to excellence that the military is looking for, especially to go to a service academy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, um, you know, of course, rank in class is 20% overall. So obviously a poor grade is going to decrease your rank in class. Right. But if you're in a, in not a very competitive high school or a less competitive high school, then maybe that low grade keeps your rank high in, in your class, or at least, you know, somewhat acceptable, or maybe you took some AP courses later that were weighted higher that got you a higher rank in your class, but still the Academy is going to go back and they're going to see some trends. And if they exactly what you're saying, Trish, if they see those trends that indicate that, you know, that, you know, there's some hiccups here, what's going on, uh, yeah. that can that can screen you out. I mean, there's a bunch of things with the service academy um, 
application process that can screen you out there. They're not necessarily going to get you the appointment, but the academy's the academy's looking. Well, I want to say they're you know you know like these evil people that are looking to get rid of people, <laughs> but they're looking for like indicators, and the indicators yeah. you know are like that C. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about essays and interview and stuff, but yeah. they're, they're looking for, you know, because the vast majority of candidates are going to be solid performers. They're going to be, you know, A's and B's, mostly A's. But if they see something that's out of the ordinary, it's going to pull up a red flag. So we had a can we had we had candidates this past year that we thought were in, and and the transcript and there's and they nitpicked that transcript. Yeah. You know, and which so, I think they should, with, with, with right, rightfully so. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know? it's, it makes them question that you're going to be able to handle everything. Uh, right. And, you know, keeping in mind that it, really your unweighted GPA is more important than your weighted GPA. Or just take, taking away all those AP classes, you know, yep. what, what is your unweighted out of 4.0 GPA? Cause I, yep. that's, that's really important. Yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, the rank in class, I think they probably add in the AP, you know, as a boost to the, um, yes. to the, to the rank mm-hmm. in class. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's an indicator too. I we always want to say that AP, you know, is not, you know, looked at by the academies. I think they see, find that as encouraging oh, and show and show like that. So, but, you know, you know, grades and what you're doing, like, or, you know, for example, getting A's in, you know, the easy courses and B's and, you know, B's or low B's and all of the difficult courses, you know, yeah. something like that, where that indicates, okay, this person does have a, a good GPA, but you know, what's he, what's he or she doing in the courses that are truly going to be difficult? You know what I mean? You got so, an A in underwater basket. We think. That's <laughs> well, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. What do you call it? The car repair or whatever. Car so, repair. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, it's, it's interesting that it, it really does seem to be a bit of a process of elimination from the admissions side of the house. You know, yeah. it's like they're, they get all these names from the uh, congressional nominations and then they go through the names and they're looking, okay, is this person actually qualified? Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, are, are they qualified? Are they, yeah. I mean, is, is there anything that, that should cause us concern? So this goes into our next point about the, and I'm, I'm just going to skip over medical till later, um, yeah. which gives us nightmares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I don't want to, I don't, I should probably not end on a nightmare, but, um, so in, so interview and essays, um, are kind of in the same, I think for the academies are kind of in the same boat as maybe some of these, um, uh, you know, bees and, you know, the, the ones, the screening out kind of stuff. Definitely. And, um, specifically for interview preparation, Mm -hmm. I think about, okay, you can have a good interview and you can have a bad interview. I mean, you can have an average interview too, but if you have a an excellent interview, I, it's interesting because it's that excellent interview really isn't going to sway your admissions from the the point of the liaison officer, right? But going back to the congressional nomination process, right. if you live in a principal district, you c- it could sway your admission, you know, f- from the the nomination standpoint. However, from a bad interview. You know, that's that's both your liaison officer and the congressional nomination. You might not get the nomination altogether. Yeah. And then the field force officer, if you're going to West Point or the, the other liaison officers, could 
say this candidate, I do not recommend them for admission. So yeah, and that's another screening out. So but yeah, you're right, there's a difference. So I'd say the interview you want to do solidly for the if you're in a competitive district, meaning that they nominate by the competitive or it or with your blue and gold officer, field force officer, uh, evaluate evaluator ALO, just you'll perform solidly things like that. But, you know, but getting back to your point about the, the, you know, districts that do the um, principal nomination, you know, where that interview may be huge is I'm two years ago working with a candidate <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about here, yes. who, um, so this was, all of them were done by um, Skype or Zoom. All right. So this candidate told me that, you know, that, that they saw each of the candidates in like a waiting room, right? So the candidate we had not due to any prompting from me was trying to get was trying to get into the, the, the academy and had their whole background adorned with, you know, tanks and planes and, you know, and American flag and, you know, the service flag and, you know, was wearing, you know, uh, the uniform for, you know, for their, you know, for J- junior ROTC and was enthusiastic Whereas the other candidates were just kind of, you know, sitting in front of the video, man. So this was a person who, you know, just wowed the committee and, and, and is now at the Academy because they made that this, because first of all, they were, they were genuinely enthusiastic, but, you know, but they clearly blew away their competition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's, so that's the kind of thing, you know, where, where, you know, you, you know, just you know, just doing stuff like that can make a difference. And they also were armed with that knowledge, though, that that yeah. interview was that important. And that's right. some, you know, that I don't know that that would have happened had we not helped that candidate. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, that's that's why when we work with any candidates who have a principal, uh, you know, we pay us particular attention to certain things versus other candidates. So, you know, this has to be, I guess, the signal, the thing that we're talking about with both, you know, interviews, you know, all this stuff we're talking about is, is that there's not a one size fits all candidate. You know what I mean? In other words, it, depending on where you live, mm-hmm. what, you know, what, how they're nominating, whether you go to a public or private school all of these things kind of weigh in, you know, weigh into the the uh, the the evaluation of you. Absolutely, you know, and and uh, and you know, that's what those are the kind of things that we do that I think that make a huge difference and and to to you know overall to helping candidates. So uh, I can't emphasize it enough. I and mean, it keeps it keeps coming up every year. Every year is the it same does. kind of things. And it's like, and the academies don't tell you about any of this stuff. I mean, they just don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, they just don't. And I think it's because they know the system is somewhat unfair and they don't want to, you know, they're not going to tell you to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. It's just, it's, you know, it's, there are some, you know, kind of field force or ALO blue and golds that, you know, that are really on top of things that may, you know, give you some hints and things like that. But, but it's generally, you know, it's, it's, it's like a secret they're trying to make some sort of secret about something that, that shouldn't be, but it, but I think if everybody knew what, how the system was, I think they would find in in some ways unfair. So, but in any event, we, 
you know, we, you know, you know that you and I have railed about this and I rail about this to you. I guess I'm too much of an old grad now. I'm just railing on this <laughs> on stuff like that. So do a good interview. And if you're in a principal district, make sure you do a great interview. Same thing with essays, you know. I I would, I have some trends I would love to talk about. Yeah. You, you want to talk about like, um, you know, like the interview and essays where you go, like, I'm the greatest thing since yes. sliced bread. Oh, and you need, gosh. and then, you know, this is what I've done. And I've flown mm. solo across, you know, from New York to Paris, you like the Charles Lindbergh, <laughs> you know, and, and therefore you need, you know, it should be painfully obvious to you that you need to. I'm the best. Point me. Yeah. Is I'm that, well, that, does that work? <laughs> that will not work. That will get you. That will. That'll be the process of elimination. But faster. I'm the. But I'm the Charles Lindbergh of 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 the Air Force Academy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Tell me what you what what's the trend you're seeing on? Yeah, it, it's exactly that. It's mm-hmm. it's this uh, this need to almost like a self validation tool, yeah. you know, of, of how incredible you are, and and these are all of my feats and my accomplishments, and yeah. just just being honest. Um, by submitting your profile, your resume, um, all of your activities, people are going to see that you are, that you care, that you're involved, that you've taken leadership roles, but what, you know, learn why you want to serve, learn why you want to lead and learn why you want to lead in that branch. And if you can learn those three things and articulate them, uh, with stories and, and things that have happened to you throughout your life, that is going to set you apart from 90% of the other applicants. Right. And it's not self-apparent. So it's, you know, like, like the value set for the air force, the value set for the army. And I, and I have a rant on the, uh, on a previous podcast here, just go under, um, I forgot what the name of it was probably Lieutenant Colonel Kirkland rants about, <laughs> I think it's military ethos. I think that's the name yes, of the episode yes, where I just go ethos. through, I just decide to turn on my mic and just, you know, just rant about yeah. this. And so, yeah, it's, it's worth it to see somebody ranting for like 30 minutes and lecturing people. But. I, I always recommend to students too, when yeah. they're writing their essays to take the core values of the branch that they're writing the essays for and put them out in front of them and then think about the core values for every question. doesn't matter if it has nothing to do with the core value. You know, if you can display that core value through your essays and and even when you're in interviews. And another big piece for the essays is that sometimes the questions are kind of smooshed together. Like uh, the Naval Academy, for instance, you know, it's, it's basically like three questions in one. Yeah. Um, Make sure that you're answering all of, of those essays. And I know that's kind of basic, but you don't get to pick and choose. You have to answer <laughs> the entire question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least a- answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> like at the very least. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, then you know, also, uh, you know, proofread your stuff because that's yeah. a screening out. That's a screening out. So remember the Academy is looking to screen out you know, people. So, you know, not that, you know, they're evilly looking to do that, but they're just looking for indicators. And if you don't have the, um, you know, if you don't have the patience to, you know, to, you know, to, if you don't have the care to, you know, make sure that your essay is, you know, proofread, then, mm-hmm. you know, that's another indicator. So great points, Trish. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, look, doing things like selfless service, honor, integrity, um, all of those things is, you know, kind of just to make sure that you, you know, kind of get that. All right. So um, let's talk. Uh, so we got two more things to talk about here. One is any any timeline um, no, at, at things that you were thinking about. These that, you know, go hand in hand with yeah. 
with medical. But before we get to that, I will say, um, you know, there's a lot of athletes out there who are practicing at the end of the summer and their main seasons uh, in the fall. Don't put your CFA off until the last minute. Do not do that. You're going to get so busy with sports. You're going to get busy with school and senior year. You know, knock that CFA out as early as you can. So now is a great time to start preparing to to maybe take the CFA in the July August time frame. That's re- I mean we you really you will do yourself so many favors if you take a practice CFA today and then see where you're at and make small adjust- adjustments and improvements. You can get on our site and we have a calculator to help you see where you can score higher and that will that will pay dividends. Yep. And then, you know, West Point's really tough on those videos with the uh, pull-ups and um, the uh, push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. It's particularly Um, Mm pull-ups. So, you know, you got to consider that if you're, you know, if you're going to, you know, if you're going into West Point, which they've eliminated, um, eliminated the candidate that I was working with this year for pull-ups, but then that candidate got into the Naval Academy. So it's like, so I don't know what that says. It's, I guess, you know, that West Point wants, you know, says, you know, gets rid of somebody, you know, for not being able to do a pull-up well. But the, I guess the Air Force, would the Air Force do it if they couldn't do no any pull-ups? No, I'm just kidding. Just, okay. No, that was, that was pretty low. Fast. That was pretty low. But yeah. As so, long as you can run fast, you're fine. That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I agree. Timeline early, uh, get stuff done early. And we've got a, a new blog post, by the way, uh, if you go on the site, uh, go on the gain site that talks about how uh, getting that letter of assurance, uh, you know, getting stuff early in there can, uh, and making sure, you, you know, you got, you know, your stuff in early when that application opens up in, you know, July, uh, can sometimes, um, you know, get that letter of assurance, uh, you know, to guarantee your admission. So go, go to that. We won't go into what a letter of assurance is, but it's, you know, but, you know, you can see that on the, on our website, but, you know, making those kind of, you know, uh, progressions during the summer and, you know, making sure that you got all your stuff in and not, not waiting till the last minute. Absolutely. And that leads into the, the biggest piece, I think, which is, the sooner the, uh, the sooner you accomplish all the application tasks, the sooner the service academy is going to forward your name to Dodmerb to start the medical clearance process. Right. And each, you know, um, trip mechanism for each service academy is a little different. So it really just depends. You all, if you're applying to multiple service academies, though, you only need to do it once. You only need to do one Dodmerb physical right. for both service academies and ROTC. So keep that in mind, you know, if, and if you know that one service academy is easier to, to start the process, you know, just get it done as early as you can get your medical scheduled and your optometry appointments scheduled as early as possible because it takes months, months to work (laughs) through waivers. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, um, you know, we have a whole course on, um, on our uh, site, if you go on the Gain Service Academy Mission site, we have a whole course on the Dodmer on how to navigate the Dodmer physical. Now, this is not, you know, saying that you know if you go to the Dodmer site and you know you download the great stuff that Larry Mullen, who's the deputy head of Dodmer, has, uh, you know, has a lot of good instructions on. Oh, that, absolutely. You know, but you know, there's just a lot of. I don't know, self sabotage, I might say, and just. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and things where, you know, the biggest thing that I've been seeing over the last few years is like, um, you know, with this, with the COVID is like people being diagnosed with stuff by doctors that are not competent to do the diagnoses. And I've seen this in a number of different occasions here. So let me give you an example of, of, uh, of a case. <laughs> uh, so see, there was kids that were, you know, that, you know, obviously, you know, that were, shoot, I mean, all of us were kind of going stir crazy in our house with during COVID, you know, trying to, you know, climb into walls and, you know, wearing masks and things like this. Well, this had obviously an effect on kids who weren't, couldn't be in school. So they were kind of, you know, down in the dumps. So mom calls up the pediatrician and says, my, my child's down in the dumps, you know, uh, not feeling that good. Can you give them something? And so the pediatrician, without even seeing the kid, gives them uh, an antidepressant. Well, that's a academy death sentence. Right. You know, so if you buy that is a Dodmer disqualifier, and it's not saying that you can't get a waiver from the various services regarding that, but that's a automatic Dodmer disqualifier is if you are on been prescribed antidepressants thing within the last two years. I think that's the standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so this candidate is fighting for their life trying to convince the waiver authority that <laughs> that this thing was misdiagnosed by my pediatrician who never saw me. And of course the academy's like, yeah, 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 we've heard or the, you know, the academy waiver's going, yeah, 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 we've heard that from well they're not saying that to him directly, but they're saying, yeah, 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 we've heard that from, you know, 200 or 300 other candidates are still getting getting that waiver. Yeah. You know, and then you're going, "No, no, no. I never I really wasn't depressed. I my 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 mom over-medicated me or, you know, was over, was overly concerned about me and I wasn't properly diagnosed by a by someone who, you know, was qualified to do that. And so such a common trend. So they fight through it, you know, they're trying to fight and they're fighting it for months and months and months and I think the point is, is that, you know, it, one of the major points that I see it, that I always ask candidates, I, we give them the 164 questions that Dodd Merb are going to ask. And we, we say, and then when I say, well, what, before they even fill out the, the application, that the application, you know, the questionnaire online, I say, what are you going to answer yes to? <laughs> That's the first thing I say. I said, what are you going to answer yes to? <clears throat> I say, well, well, I'm going to answer yes to this. And I go, well, was there was a person who's a specialist in that particular issue? Did they uh, did they uh, 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 diagnose you with that? Well, no, no, it was just kind of a, a, a side conversation that the pediatrician told my my mother. <laughs> and I say, well, as far as you know, unless you got somebody who <clears throat> gave you, you know a clear indication from a specialist in that area that you have that issue, you need to seriously question whether or not you even have that issue. Yeah. You know, I see this time and time again, you know, but once you put yes down on that, Mm -hmm. it, it, you go down a a black tunnel. Yeah. I, I, I I did the same thing. I did the same thing going on with uh, sports induced asthma. Yeah. So I, I, and it was, you know, it was, uh, I missed, I think I missed my own graduation party because I was going out of state to take lung capacity tests to prove that I did not have sports induced asthma. And at the nick of time, my waiver came in. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. It wasn't even, 
you know, it was my primary care doctor. He said, oh, you might have sports-induced asthma. Here's an inhaler. And I never use the inhaler. And that is so common. We see that with candidates all the time. Yeah. And, you know, so you see the thing, it's not that the pediatricians are trying to, you know, sabotage your service academy appointment or not appointment. It's just that they don't know. I mean, we have the, we have an over-medicated society and overly concerned society. You know, we have the helicopter parents, God love them, right. That, that want to do the best for their kids, but it's, it's, it's causing havoc. And, uh, and so, and then there's, you know, you know, and, and it's like, they're just doing it as a, the, you know, the pediatrician is prescribing these things as a, uh, you know, as just like in your case, you know, just as a precaution. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that they don't know what, what effect that's going to have on the, on the academies medically qualifying you or the Dodmer medically qualifying you. And a lot of times these issues are happening before the, there's even a talk about applying to a service academy. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so it's, uh, so you just have to look at it and, you know, and, and really figure out, you know, do you want to answer yes to this? Is it a valid concern? It's not like you want to hide anything, but you want to make sure that it's truly an issue, (laughs) you know, or truly, truly, um, diagnosed by a person who is qualified to do so. That that would be the that would be I think the big one of the big, biggest takeaways. And then another one, Trish, another subject is actually following the directions. Yes, reading the directions and knowing what the directions are. Right, you know, and, and th- yeah. it applies to everything. It applies yeah. to when you get your pre-candidate booklet. You know, when you become a candidate and you get your booklet, making sure that you've read that, making sure when you, I would go into Dodmerb as soon as you get access and I would read every document that you can on that portal. I would, I'd read it all because you need to know what the expectations are uh, for your medical clearance process. And if you have some sort of condition um, and, you know, there's instructions that you need to follow before you go to your medical appointments you need to follow those instructions because if you don't, you could be disqualified. Yeah, I know. We've had we had a situation. We won't go into the absolute specifics, but but this candidate had to do something and they didn't do it, and it caused a delay of like three months. Yeah, and it was very close to the medical deadline. So, you know, it, great candidate, very highly qualified candidate, just didn't didn't. Uh, read the instructions. Yeah. And we're not mind readers. So when we work (laughs) with you, we're not mind readers. We don't know, you know, that you, you know, have this condition or have this issue that you're working through. Uh, You know, we're kind of being a little vague here to protect the uh, identity of this particular person. But, um, you know, we don't, you got to talk to us about if we're going to be working with you, you got, we got to talk about every single one of your medical conditions and all the other concerns. And that's something that we do really upfront in the process. You know, we want to, we want to know when we do the initial question intake for you, we want to know, are we deal? what are we looking at as far as medical? You know, because I think that, you know, the last thing that we want to do is, you know, run through this whole process and, you know, and, and, you know, realize that it's an automatic disqualification. Or, you know, if we know you're going to have to work through some waivers, we need to start prepping that now. Yeah, we can help you work through those waivers as long as there's enough time to do so. 
Yeah. And that's kind of, that's, you know, so these are really, I mean, so, you know, I know we've covered a lot in this podcast and we should probably wrap it up here because we can, you know, talk about some of these other things in more detail in subsequent podcasts. But what should be clear to you is that, you know, that there's a lot of things to consider here and, you know, having someone, you know, like what we do with, you know, Gain Service Academy Mission Consulting can be a massive help, I think, in, in helping navigate this. So an ally in your corner. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it keeps showing itself as true year after year after year. And, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, we really enjoy, I mean, it's been a great, uh, season for us with candidates. We've got, uh, or over what 90 percent 90 percent you know so i mean you know so we're you know so we're doing real well here where we're you know so it's really a great always a great pleasure to you know to get um you know appointments uh and you know to be you know have that candidate announce their appointment and you know celebrate with them and their in their accomplishments so you know so that's what we want to do for you guys you know who are listening uh you know as you as you're considering it and and hopefully you know some of the things that we brought out today you if you decide you know to go ahead and traverse this uh this landscape on your own you know we wish you the best and hopefully that some of our um some of our uh, things that we said here today will be helpful to you yeah. And if, if you need more information too, there's always our blog. We have a wealth of information. You can search through and, and find what you're looking for on the, on the gainserviceacademyadmission.com. Awesome. All right. So we're going to gear up for another season here soon. So we're talking to candidates for the class of 2027 now, and even working with people who are freshmen and sophomores in high school who are, you know, who, uh, you know, we work with, you know, years out. So, um, we're, we're, we're open and we're, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, talking with you. So, uh, with that, Trish, uh, we'll uh, see you soon. All right. Take care. Okay. You've reached the end of another episode of the Gain Service Academy Admission Podcast. Connect with us at gainserviceacademyadmission.com. Love this episode of the podcast? Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you listen to to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.